This is episode 32, The Importance of Accurate Targeting. Hello and welcome to the Online Course Coaching Podcast, where we deep dive into all aspects of online course creation, from concept to marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Tim Cooper, and it's a pleasure to have you with me today. Hello and welcome. I'm Tim Cooper, and I coach experts in all fields who want to expand their reach, share their knowledge, message, and passion, and inspire people to live more fulfilling lives. For over 30 years, I have taught in the workplace, workshops, in the classroom, and online. And if you have a message burning inside you that needs to get out into the world, contact me today. In this episode, we're just going to do something a little bit different. We're going to take a 30,000 foot view over the course creation process and look at all the pieces and how they fit together. And to do this, I'm going to be sharing some of the coaching that I've been receiving from Ibn Pagan. Now, I've made the assumption in the past that everybody's heard of Ibn Pagan. He's like the godfather of digital product creation. He's taken 10 or so niches up into the seven figures. He's made a lot of money and he's made a big business out of creating online digital products. In fact, he was making online digital products before they were popular. His first digital product was a book called Double Your Dating, which he wrote under a pen name of David D'Angelo. And within three years, he had that up to a seven-figure product. So I'm going to be going through some concepts with you. And I really want you to hang around and take this all in because we're going to be covering how all these different pieces fit together, which will ultimately improve your conversions and improve your sales. Now, before we get into it, we say it at the beginning of every episode, and I'll say it again, I really want to be covering the information that you want. I want to be answering your questions, giving you the information you need. So if you have a question, if there's somebody you want me to interview, or if you believe that you have something to share with the audience, please contact me at asktim at ecoursedomination.com. That's asktim at ecoursedomination.com, and we'll get that organized. I'd also like to give a shout out to Lewis Nauda. I hope I've got that last name correct there, Lewis. Lewis was kind enough to give me a five-star review on iTunes, and this is what he had to say. He said, the go-to source for anyone interested in creating online courses. Since I found this podcast, it is the only one I'm listening to. Tim is the real deal. He is very authentic and straightforward. Tons of information comes out spanning all the bases that needs to be covered for any newbie or existing online course creator. Just love this podcast. Thank you, Lewis. Very much appreciated. And if you would like a shout out on the show, just please pop over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review and then send me an email letting me know that you've sent give me a review and what country you are from. And I'll be more than happy to also give you a shout out in the future. Now, I'm still running that survey and I would really appreciate it if you could pop across and just take two or three minutes of your time. It's a very, very short survey, but the information I'm going to get from that is going to help me create resources and courses that are going to be of the most benefit and use to you. So please, just a couple of minutes of your time, pop over to ecoursedomination.com forward slash survey. 
then of course you've still got the opportunity to book in for one of my free 20-minute coaching sessions. No obligation, no strings attached. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. Just going to talk to you for 20 minutes about some issue or problem that you have that is stopping you moving forward with your online course creation. So to book in for one of those sessions, just jump across to ecoursedomination.com and on the right-hand side, you'll find a yellow box with one-to-one coaching. If you're on a mobile device, you may have to scroll down to the bottom of the page to do that. Just simply enter your information in there and book your time and I'll get on a Skype call with you. Okay, so one of the most common questions I get when I'm coaching people is they ask, how do I market my course? So by this stage, they've got their course created and published and now they're looking to increase sales. And the problem here is that maybe the reason why they're having trouble with their marketing is that their course hasn't really hit a very specific target. It hasn't hit the the center of the bullseye. And as we have always said, that a good course or a good product will always overcome poor marketing, but great marketing will not overcome a poor product. So We've got to look, so in this call, we're going to take a 30,000 foot view and just look at how we can avoid disappointment and problems and heartaches further down the track, save ourselves a lot of time and make sure that we are creating something of value and something that's hitting the mark right from the outset. And so, of course, the first thing that we're going to look at is the niche targeting. And a lot of people think they're still being pretty specific with their, with their niching down. But when you have a look at it, it is still pretty broad. They haven't sort of gone deep enough into their niching. Now, the thing to remember is that niching, you don't go out and find a niche. Okay. You go out and you target a niche. So niches are needs. Okay. And people pay to solve needs. So if there is something that isn't being addressed, that is the path you want to take. So if you have expertise or knowledge in an area that you see isn't being addressed well or at all, that is what you want to target. Another area where people fall down is that they focus on the features rather than the benefits. And there's a, there's a reason for this, and we'll get into this as we go through this process. But the important thing is that when you're talking to, to people, you want, my people want to know what's in it for me. So when you're talking in terms of features, you're really not hitting at the emotions. Okay. And, and this, and this leads us into the next phase of our communication is that we've always heard that people buy based on emotions and then they justify it logically. But when it comes to them pulling their credit card out of their pocket, that particular action is driven by emotion. So let's have a look at why, because I said, look, we've heard these broad statements, but let's now look at some science behind it. Let's look at the real reason so we can get a, an understanding when we're looking at creating our courses and, and choosing our initiatives that we can get some psychology involved in here as well. So basically, we have three brains, like if one wasn't enough to worry about. So at the very sort of root, at the foundation, we have our reptilian brain, and that brain is 
wholly and solely worried about survival, eating, sleeping, reproduction. Okay, that is all that brain is worried about. Then on top of that brain, the mammalian brain develops, and that was the emotional brain, the the loving, caring brain, the fear. So where all the where all the emotions stem from. Then wrapped around that came the the higher brain, the the conceptual dimension where we could start to communicate in words and symbols and just take it to that higher level. But that logical brain isn't involved in the initial process of buying a product to solve a problem. It comes in later to justify the purchase, but the initial purchase is actually generated right back at the reptilian brain, right back at that root level survival brain. And that is the brain that is concerned about what's happening in the physical environment. So that is the angle that you have to take in your communication with your prospective students. You've got to take it right back to the physical, you know, have, giving them something they can touch, taste, hear and see. You've got to talk in delivering something tangible, which when you're looking at digital products, when you're looking at an online video course, that actually doesn't exist. There's no, there's nothing for them actually to touch and feel. It's just something that they play on a computer. So you've got to translate the value or what they're going to get from that video course into the physical. What are they going to get? What is their tangible takeaway? As we said, people are driven by emotion when they're making these purchasing decisions. And because they're driven by emotion, they're actually, they're not rational, they're actually irrational. And then what happens is that the logical side of the brain will come in and make up a story that will rationalize the decision. But we must identify the irrational drivers, what motivates people to buy. And it comes down to our language. As we're saying, we've got to talk in the physical because people when they're looking to solve a problem, they've gone back to, to their roots, to their, to their foundations, to the center, and they're gone back to touch, feel, taste, see, hear. So when we're using words, we've got to make sure that our words are very clear and that there can be no misinterpretation through the communication. So let's have a look at a couple of examples and you'll see that as we go through some of these words, you'll understand why you may not be getting the results that you were expecting. Okay, let's look at finance. What does the word finance mean to you? See, that could mean any number of things. And in fact, researchers have put a 100 people in a room and given them a word and asked them to write down what comes, what comes to mind. And surprisingly enough, or maybe not surprisingly enough, there is very little overlap between one person and another person. See, everybody's got their own view on what that abstract word means. And even if they put a 100 accountants into a room and they said, write down what comes to mind when you hear the word finance, still there is very little overlap because finance is such a broad Statement and, and what finance means to an accountant or a solicitor or a factory worker or an unemployed person, 
Tell the difference. What does, now, what does finance mean? Does finance mean how to buy gold and silver? Does it mean how to get out of credit card debt? Does it mean how to put away $500 a fortnight? What does finance mean? It is a very personalized thing. So if you're talking about finance, then it's going to be misinterpreted. Same with health. So you say natural health. What does what is natural health? Well, there could be weight loss. And then look at weight loss. What weight loss? You, know, you could look at tuck shop lady arms. So even if you said, what does weight loss mean to you? You know, people might want to lose weight from their belly, from their arms, generally. So once again, you've really got to be more specific. You've got to bring these terms back. So instead of saying the word health, you could say the word tuck shop lady arms. And then everybody knows what tuck shop lady arms are, or you know, flabby triceps. So this is what we you know, talk about when we talk in abstract terms or concrete terms. And when we're looking at naming our course and identifying our niche and everything else, we must talk in concrete terms, not in abstract terms. We must be giving them something tangible. Now, we come to the big disconnect. Now, you often hear the term, you know, there's a disconnect between the teacher and the student. And what does that mean? That's probably just another abstract term that because what does disconnect between the, the teacher and the student mean? Well, maybe if we just put it into, into these words, is that, that most of us who are interested in teaching and developing courses, we're thinking at a higher level. We're thinking in concepts and, and abstract thoughts. We're, we're up in our head a lot, okay? And that makes it difficult for a lot of us to actually think in terms of the physical and the emotion because we are conceptual thinkers. To put our ideas and our concepts into physical terms, or tangible terms, can be quite a process. But it's something that if you're going to be successful in this, it's something that you are going to have to work at and become good at. Because most of the people who are looking for the solutions, as we're saying, they've been activated. They've actually gone back to that physical part of their brain, back to the feel, taste, smell, hear, see stage. That's where the disconnect is, is where the course creator or the product creator is up at, up at the conceptual level and the prospective student is at the physical level. And the language between the two is usually totally different and that's they're not connecting. Carl Jung's studies that have been used in the Myers-Briggs personality system and the second letter sort of says that there's people who are either sensors or intuitives and 75% of the population are sensors which means that they take all the information in at the physical level so they take everything in through their five senses and then 25% of the population's uh, intuitives. So they take the information in through their five senses, but then they've got a sixth sense that comes in that says, what does it all mean? And so they're up in their heads and they're analyzing it and they're thinking conceptually and they're not really in touch with what's going on around them. Like these are the people who can trip over stuff that's right in front of them because they don't see it because they're up in their heads. They're not connected to the physical world around them. And what we need to do is even though we are 
conceptual and we are abstract thinkers, we must connect back to the physical so that we can communicate with our students, our prospective students. Okay, so let's move on and look at what the actual offering is. And we must be specific in our offering. And to be specific, we, the offering must be measurable, it must be verifiable, and it must be believable. Okay, so let's look at measurable and how we're going to quantify what we're going to deliver in either savings in time, money, or whatever. So let's look at a couple of different titles, for example. Let's look at, say, a title of Udemy course creation for beginners or how to create a Udemy course in five days or less. Let's have a look at Udemy course creation bootcamp, create a quality course fast. Like, what's fast? Fast to one person might be a month and fast to another person might be two weeks. See, fast, once again, is an abstract word so it's it's not clear there's no it's it, it's murky okay whereas if you have a you know create a udemy course in five hours or create a, a udemy course in three hours i haven't done these courses by the way and of course it tells you how to do it in three hours mm, i don't know but you see you see they're actually it, it's measurable that you know that you should be getting a result within a specific time. So once again, so so your offering should be measurable. So let's look at verifiable. To be verifiable, there must be some obvious way of verifying the result. Okay. So this is so when it comes to creating an online course, this would be saying, how are we going to verify that the student is moving towards and ultimately reaching their learning objective. This is very important to us as online instructors because this is going to keep our reputations intact. And if we become known as people who deliver high quality courses that deliver measurable, verifiable results, then you're going to be selling more and more courses. And once again, it has to be believable. So the numbers or the time frame or anything else that you're giving, you know, the people must be able to look at that and go, yeah, I can do that. Like somebody's saying how to create a Udemy course in one hour. Well, is that believable? Do you think that you could create a Udemy course in one hour? And if you could create a Udemy course in one hour, how good would it be? So your offer has to be believable. It can't be hypey. 15 Udemy course creation errors to avoid. Well, that's a good title because we want to avoid errors when we're creating our courses and we're going to learn 15 things that most people do wrong that we're going to avoid. So what would be the outcome of that is that we would create a better course. So we must be specific and on target when we are creating the title for our courses and not use abstract nouns, to, to use concrete, clear language. Like we know that newspapers and magazines are written to the 7th or 8th grade level so that people can understand, so, so people of all education levels can understand. There's no prizes at using complex and long words, and 
when it comes to your titles, if, if something is really conceptual and, and, and really fancy and tricky and a very clever use of words, that's great. It might be a great sounding title, but it's not necessarily going to sell for you. So when you when you're looking at your at your title, look at very concise, concrete, physical words. Look at words that people can in their mind, because because when when they're reading your title, they're going to be translating it in their mind. So if you're using words that they can feel, touch, taste, versus words that are conceptual and and broad and could be open to any type of of interpretation, you're going to do a lot better. And the other thing, of course, is really niching down and just going down really, really deep into that niche to really target a small group of people because, as you know, like you can't, even though you believe your course is suitable for everybody, it's not. And if you really, really get your targeting really accurate and you hit the center of that bullseye, then you're actually going to sell more courses and you're going to help more people and you're going to generate more money. And of course, don't go out there just to to try to create the definitive course and try to make your fortunes off one course. That doesn't work. You're better off going out and creating these very niched and focused courses that are specific to a particular group of people and then you can even repurpose some of that material and use it for another group of people and just keep on that way and keep on creating more courses. So where does this come to marketing? Marketing starts when you start niching. So your marketing step where you think is your marketing step is the last stage of your course creation and, and, and marketing because you know you've got you got to create your course to market it. Now your marketing actually starts at the beginning when you're actually looking at your niche. Because if you don't select the correct niche, then your marketing is going to be a very, very hard job. Whereas if you get everything right from the outset and you spend the time from the outset, then your marketing is going to be so much easier because you're already talking to the group of people that are in need. You are you are solving that need and you're talking to that group of people. I've also heard somewhere along the way, like there's there's so many people with so many points of view and I have heard that what you should do is you should go through and you should create your course first and then you should create the title. So they said, don't, don't, don't create the title of your course until you've created your course because then you are restricting your content to your title. Well, from what I'm learning through the people who make tens and hundreds of millions of dollars through creating online products is that they actually look at all this first and they they package up their material very very concisely and specifically to that particular niche with you no know, with that with all this research in mind it's important to talk to get out there and talk with a lot of your prospective students find out the questions they're asking and find out the terms the words they're using the, the language they're using then you use that language in your lecture titles and your section titles. You use that language in your sales page. So when you start using the language that your prospective students use, 
then your course and your marketing material and everything else talks to them and they go, wow, this course was written for me. And by doing that, you will increase your conversions and you will increase your sales and you will get a reputation as a product creator who really knows how to deliver top quality information to a targeted audience. And that is the signature and the blueprint for success. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I said it was a a 30,000 foot view, so we didn't go into any details in any particular area per se. But I think it's just very important sometimes just to just sit back and zoom out and look at the whole picture because everything is connected. And if you get a couple of pieces of the puzzle out of place, then the other pieces don't quite fit as well either. So it's important to, even from the outset, just zoom out, have that 30,000-foot view, look at everything. And also, importantly, not only look at what the outcome you're expecting for your students, what is the outcome you're expecting? What are you expecting to get from this process as well? That's very, very important. Now, I would love to hear from you. I want to be answering your questions and I want to be delivering. Please remember that survey. It's, once again, it's, it, honestly, it's only two or three minutes of your time, but it would be so helpful to me. And that's at ecoursedomination.com forward slash survey. If you find this podcast useful, please, I'd really, really appreciate it if you take the time to pop over to iTunes and leave an honest rating review because not only does it make me feel good, it helps me know that I'm actually helping you, but it also gets the show ranked and out in front of more people and then it's more people that this show can help so i would really appreciate that as well and once again i would like to take the time to thank you because without you i'm just be talking into a microphone and i know that we all live busy lives so for you taking the time and listening to my podcast it really does mean the world to me because i'm here to help you as much as I possibly can. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And until next time, take care.